How's it going, Ryan? James, good to see you. That's very good to see you. How are you doing this afternoon? Good, good. Got yeah. to the month of October. We made it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, look at the Halloween month, and I didn't even keep that wonderful bandage and <laughs> no, stuff up the there. The prop. So, yeah, right, exactly. So get rid of it before the Halloween trick, before I scare too many people. Then, all right. Well, October, you know. <laughs> Put a little shiver into yeah, some folks. scary market environment. You didn't even need a scary Halloween costume. Just, uh, you know, watch the day-to-day movement. And volatility, too. I mean, that was the thing uh, in October. Right. It was it was down on the front end, and then we kind of caught a little bounce and a bid to the yeah. – uh, to close out the month, so that's good. We saw the S&P 500, top 500 companies in the U.S. It was actually down 2.1%. Mm-hmm. And tack that on top of September. So truly, we've seen a corrective move yeah. in the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, for those of you who uh, pay attention. And that's just, you know, technically what that is, is uh, peak to trough 10% movement. Yeah. We call them garden variety corrective right. moves. So it's actually quite healthy. For Routine. Month. Routine and <laughs> healthy. So again, we, uh, we we did finish that off in the month of October. Uh, bond market did not escape the month unscathed either. We saw the aggregate bond index down 1.58%. So it's just going to be a basket of diversified bonds to give you a general feeling for the bond market. So mm-hmm. challenging across the board. Um, and I can point to the culprit, but It'll come out here a little later. That's right. Well, and I think we've talked about it before, but I thought maybe after the last couple of years, even the last two months you just described, right? Yeah. Let's get a little bit, let's go back into that whole portfolio construction, right? Looking at asset allocation, you know, investment, you know, selection, all those types of things. But let's start at the top right there with asset allocation, word that gets thrown around. But how do you use it when when we're actually putting together a portfolio? Well, and truly, this is what separates the mediocre from the best. And just this is how we can really evaluate, um, you know, how well we're managing money mm-hmm. for you and what have you. It's the construction of portfolios. Now, it's not a one-phase process. This is something that um, there's a many layers to it. So you kind of start with asset allocation. And what's going on in the world of asset management, you're trying to take and look at the macroeconomic environment, so the big picture environment, and whether that's, you know, across just the economics, the main street, or, you know, looking at corporate financials, that's kind of the Wall Street approach. One way or the other, what you're doing is looking big picture and then coming into the asset allocation that makes sense for a client's risk tolerance But then also that environment that we're operating in. Okay, so we come up with the asset allocation. That's a broad brushstroke. Yeah. Yeah. So then if we kind of put that together, let's say it's 60% stock, 40% bond, whatever it might be. You know, the next step would be what? Investment selection? Bingo. So you come up with this overarching structure. Mm -hmm. Now you got to color it in. Right. If somebody were to tell me that they were all stock, for 2023, they'd say, well, you're a professional. I was all stock all year. What do you think my return is? I'd have I'd have an answer for them. Don't, don't, no. don't uh, doubt that for a minute. But the thing is, it's going to be very different if they were invested in the NASDAQ, so the growth tech-heavy you know, index versus the Dow, right. which is going to be focused on industrial companies, you know, dividend payers. So, so again, when it comes to the asset allocation, now that second component is the investment selection within just as important as getting the overarching infrastructure correct. Right. Now you have to have the right ponies running within that asset allocation. I see. So 
very important to get that right. Right. And when you kind of going through that investment selection, and now you've put that into the allocation, how do you actually execute it? How do you put it all together, Ryan? Yeah. Now, this is where the discipline comes in. Right. Because the execution almost puts you back sometimes to the first stage, which is the asset allocation. Mm-hmm. Because that execution is the color within. How does it have to change? And sometimes that color needs to change so dramatically that you start back at step one, which is the asset allocation. But that's where your discipline comes in. That's where your confidence comes in, confidence in your system, confidence in your team. Mm -hmm. And that's where the results are made. So it's that um, also when it comes to execution, it's just a rigorous stain on top of it. And being fluid, being like water, don't get so committed to one mindset because you have to be able to adapt, especially in this market. Right, right. So one thing that you and I have talked about, and we've got some different examples that we've used in the past, we won't get into those, but I think an important component is, you know, how do you fly this whole thing? Right. You know, when you have all these different risks, technical, fundamental, we've talked about all these different, you know, objectives and things that can happen or the noise that's coming in. Right. How do we put it together? Yeah. Well realistically the right answer to that might not be the answer that i give you today mm-hmm. you know a couple, couple of months down the road it could be very different right now we are in a very unclear environment mm-hmm. i don't know that the the economy and that you know the financial markets ever are easy to figure out but there are forks in the road. There are um, processes that play out. They have a start and they have a finish. Where are you at? There are more challenging environments to get that right mm-hmm. than others. We are in a very challenging one right now. Is a bull market, a secular bull market dying? Is it going to be prolonged? Again, it's cloudy out there. Right. It's cloudy. So if we're flying an airplane, and we're in the middle of a bunch of clouds you can't see out that cockpit window, what are you gonna do? You're gonna trust your instruments. Mm -hmm. Right now we need to, number one, have the top of the line instruments. After all, it's very important business. Know how to read them, read them like a pro, and then to trust them and execute based off of what they're saying. I mean, if if we're not listening to them, well, why even study them? This is what will get us through this very cloudy environment. That's what will get us through this very challenging time where it isn't clear. And you know what? It's not just the lack of clarity. It's how quick something can change, Mm -hmm. how quick the headwind can turn into a tailwind and flip-flop back and forth. But yet again, the, the sooner you can realize that that thing is changing or something is changing, the better you're going to execute for when your you got to be monitoring it. You got to have right. a team put together. You got to have all these different things, right. even at the thirty thousand foot view. Even at the thirty thousand foot view. So, where are you going to pick up on these changes and rotations and things like that? It's on the instrument panel. Mm-hmm. And then we just walked through the portfolio construction process. That's in that you know constant monitoring and screening component. So again, our uh, our I would say our tools, our instruments are are firing every single day mm-hmm. and we listen. Yeah. We listen and we make sure that we know what they're saying to us. And um, again, it, it gives me confidence when I close my eyes at night because yeah. I take this job very seriously and you know, I want to be as informed as I can be. Right. And we try to do it for you. You know, we try to do it in a smart way and we're gonna kinda of keep working those tools, working our instruments and yeah. you know Absolutely. in these kind of time frames, whether it's the last two years, two months, five years, 
you've been with us for two weeks. Yeah, well, you know, and it gives us something to talk about at the water cooler. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So. so one thing that we don't want to not talk about this month, because I think we've talked about it almost every month, are interest rates. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to skip it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't because I already led in earlier with you know we know the culprit. <laughs> I, you know, yet again, I will say it again. Yeah. Uh, you know, when interest rates are volatile, that's not good. So you don't want interest rates swinging around a whole lot. That means interest rate volatility translates to bond market volatility. But let's not even worry too much about that. Interest rates in general are designed to be the lifeblood of the capital market. Mm -hmm. So, And I've said that numerous times. Yeah. Excuse me if I've said it to you before. But um, basically, when you think about low interest rates, velocity picks up yeah. economic activity. But guess what that leads to inflation. So, you know, mm -hmm. you kind of raise interest rates and that would put a lid on inflation. But that's just the Fed doing the Fed funds rate movement. That's the anchor point of this whole yield curve. There is a interest rate market out there. And that interest rate market is more buyers and sellers, supply and demand. So the Fed, when you hear the Fed raised interest rates this month, what that means is they raised the federal funds rate, which is the overnight lending rank rate that ba banks have with each other. Mm -hmm. That's the federal funds rate. But then the remainder of the interest rate world is driven by market economics. Right. Okay, So a couple different things can happen. You can have like the Federal Reserve looking to stimulate things. They're going to step into that interest rate market and buy treasury bonds, mm -hmm. load up their balance sheet, try and suppress interest rates. Well, what if they were more concerned about inflation and less that economic um, you know, uh, velocity and movement? Mm -hmm. Well, they're probably not buying a whole lot. Right. So then who else is out there buying? Well, recognize our government, we spend money. Yeah. And plenty of money. So I'll throw a bone to the kind of those, not conspiracy theorists, but those who want to be critical of our government. Mm -hmm. nah, that's fine. I mean, we're running a, a very big uh, tab. Yeah. Well, how do you pay for that? How do you pay for that? Well, how you pay for that is our treasury issues, treasury bonds. Yeah. Well, if, you've, if you're spending a lot of money, you need to take in a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So you really have to issue a lot of treasury bonds. Yeah. Well, the Fed... They're saying, no, we, we're fine if the economy slows down a little bit. So we're not going to be out there buying those. Mm -hmm. So then we're looking for counterparties out there to be buying our government's debt. Well, if we have perceivably a lot of it out there, yeah. how am I going to incentivize somebody to buy that next incremental component of debt? They already think they got a deal. Why would I buy more? Well, and so what do you do? interest rates go up yeah. now the diagnostics behind it you know we don't need to spend the hour mm. there but let's just <laughs> right. say that when we're issuing a lot of debt to cover a big budget well rates are going to go up yeah rates are going to go up and you're seeing that hit the markets more and more as we keep hitting you know you get weekly pretty much uh, treasury bond issues and i always like to look at the auction to see how it goes and uh that then sets not the federal funds rate, but the rest of that interest rate environment. So again, it's one of those things where if we just keep coming to the market with treasury bonds, be ready for interest rates to keep moving higher. Yeah. If we can maybe get a little bit of a handle on it, rates in general would slow down. Yeah. Um, so anyway, kind of unique, but that's one of the things that we're watching. You know, you talk about instruments and, and tools, watch the treasury yeah. bond auctions. We've got to pay attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were they firm? Were they soft? You know, all those things. Yeah. So it's fun. Well. Pretty much everything we talk about, you know, is things we can't control, right? The markets, you know, this, this, this. You know, we try to control well, what, what we can't about? control. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> no. no, the big thing, though, I guess I was trying to get to was, you know, things that we can control are year-in housekeeping. Things, yes. Yeah. Right? It, as important, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, this is very important stuff. So, and you go ahead, run with that one. Well, you know, we have things like Roth conversions. So, you know, it doesn't make sense for you specifically. That's something we can talk to you about, but it's something you might want to have on your mind. Maybe talk to your accountant, talk to us to see if it is something that you could take advantage of and if it makes sense for you. Um, something else I know we do a lot is tax harvest loss, right? Yeah. So, you know, tough years, mutual funds might be, you know, kicking out passive distributions. Well, how do we try to combat that? Well, maybe we can use something that might have a tax loss to try to offset some of those, you know, taxes we might have to pay on that. Yeah. No one wants to have money go, no one wants to have their portfolio go down a little bit. And then they got to pay tax on top of that. So. Oh, well, and we have a name for it. It's called tax drag. That's right. Let's not, you know, we're, there's a way around it. A lot of it just requires communication. Anybody with an IRA doesn't necessarily have to think about it. But to James's point, you know, taxable money, there's some movements and some uh, things that we can get done for yeah. you. So. And we're on top of those year-end things, trying to evaluate it for our clients. But if something pops into your mind, you know, yeah, we're here for you. Absolutely. And I guess with that, Ryan, what are we looking at next month? So, okay, one of the things that we did not have on our list is earnings season has kicked off. Mm -hmm. So, again, we're, we'll be through that um, next month, so yep. that'll be good. We can kind of look. I mean, October is a tough month. I wouldn't be surprised to see some technical uh, positive things coming out of uh, the next couple of weeks. So we can study those and just forensically uh, take a look. But here's the bottom line. It is cloudy out there. Mm -hmm. There is a lack of direction. Think about it. The market's really gone nowhere yeah. for what two years? Right. It's been. It's felt like it's gone everywhere. A lot of noise. A lot of noise. It's been loud. So again, I think that uh, it's time that we're really looking for that trend, that next trend that we can follow to uh, to to be fleshed out here. So we'll see more of that in the month of November, and uh, it it'll be good. All right. So well, we'll see everyone there. We'll see you there. All right. Thanks for being here. Ryan. I think so. All right.